I know it's a bit early, but um, for Christmas, but <laughs> never too early. So I'm wondering if any of you already have got ideas of what you want for Christmas. Have you got a list? Have you started your list? You want an iPad? So you know already what you're going to do, what you're going to do for Christmas. Does anyone else make lists for Christmas? Does everyone know what they want? Has everyone, anyone got a birthday coming up? Sandra's birthday today. Did you know what you wanted for your birthday? No. So some people were like planners and some aren't. Okay, what about if I said to you, you can go anywhere after church for lunch today. What restaurant would you go to anywhere? The grown-ups, have we got an idea of where we would go? Some people now starting to drool a little bit and think about it. Go anywhere. Not, not, it's on me. It's on me, yeah. Guys, where would you go? ZZ's? Starbucks? Okay, cool. Okay, how about this question? How about this one? If, if, if there was someone, if someone could grant you one wish right now, do you know what you'd do with it? Wish for more wishes. That's normally one of the rules that you're not allowed to do that, but that's a good, good idea. And if you knew that there was a person in Marlow today that could actually grant that wish, would you go and find them? Would you seek them out? How far would you go? Like, you don't have to answer this, but how far do you think you'd go to find the person that could, if it was next door, maybe a little bike ride or something? Okay, well, we're just going to watch a little quick video of, this isn't someone's necessary, this isn't, the child's wish, but this is, uh, this is a video of, of a wish being uh, fulfilled. So we're just going to, hopefully this will work. So that is, that's a four-month-old baby receiving the ability to see for the first time. And um, so we're talking today about Jesus, who is an amazing man that could make amazing things happen. And, um, and he was able to... to fulfill people's wishes or requests or desires for certain things. And um, we've already heard from a story in Mark chapter 10 already, Bella just read out a minute ago, about the children coming to Jesus and the disciples saying, no, 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 the children aren't important, they're not significant enough to come to me. And Jesus says, no, 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 let the children come to me. And he blesses them and says, there, that if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, you have to be like a child. Okay, so that's good news for you guys, and it's important for us guys to hear that. Um, but there's a, further on, there's another story by a man called Bartimaeus. Does anyone know what it, issue Bartimaeus had? Any of you guys, before I go to the grown-ups? He wasn't a bad person, but he had something, a similar issue to little baby Leo. He was blind, correct. So there was a blind man called Bartimaeus. And uh, he would sit on the side of the road and because he couldn't see. Everyone close your eyes for a minute. That's what, that's what it's like. And so he couldn't see anything, but he would call out and ask people to help him. So let's read the story and then let's have a little chat about what that means for us. So Mark ten forty six to 52, it says this. They spent some time in Jericho, this is the disciples and Jesus. As Jesus was leaving town, trailed by his disciples and a parade of people, a blind beggar by the name of Bartimaeus 
was sitting along the roadside. When he heard that Jesus the Nazarene was passing by, he began to cry out, Son of David, Jesus, mercy, have mercy on me. So you imagine that Jesus is walking along. Bartimaeus has heard that Jesus is somewhere nearby. He doesn't know where he is because he can't see him. And he calls out. He's saying, Son of David, Jesus, mercy, have mercy on me. And then what happened is it says many tried to hush him up. So a lot of the people in the crowd were like, shh, Bartimaeus, be quiet. Like, it's not, you're not important. You're not significant. Similar to the children earlier in the story. But what did he do? He yelled out even louder. Son of David, mercy, have mercy on me. So what do we think then happened? Jesus stopped in his tracks and said, bring Bartimaeus to me. So then the crowd turned their opinions and they said, it's your lucky day, Bartimaeus. Get up. He's calling you to come. So throwing off his coat, Bartimaeus was on his feet at once and came to Jesus. And Jesus looked at Bartimaeus and said, what can I do for you? And Bartimaeus said, Rabbi, I want to see. And so Jesus then said, on your way, your faith has saved you and healed you. And in that very instant, he recovered his sight and followed Jesus down the road. It's a pretty cool story, isn't it? Okay, so let's just, let's just recap the steps of that story, okay? Stick with me, not much longer. Okay, so what happens is Bartimaeus is blind and he calls out to Jesus. The crowd say, you need to be quiet. You're not important enough. So then he calls out even louder because he has faith that Jesus can make a difference to his situation. Then Jesus, who could have ignored him, stops and hears him and says, come to me. And so Bartimaeus rushes to Jesus, throws off his coat. He's like, I'm going to get there quick. And Jesus then says, what can I do for you? And Bartimaeus knows exactly what he wants Jesus to do for him, and he asks him to be able to see. And then Jesus says, your faith has healed you, and Bartimaeus can see again. And then it finishes, the story finishes with Bartimaeus following Jesus to where he was going to because he was so excited of what Jesus had done for him. So how do you think Bartimaeus felt? How do you think he felt at first when the crowd were telling him to be quiet? Sad? Annoyed? Stressed? So he was feeling all anxiety and concern and, sorry? He might have been in pain, he might have been in pain. And what do you think he felt when Jesus stopped and said, come to me? Noticed? Happy? Freed? Relieved? All good words. Yeah, he would have felt excited that Jesus had recognized him. He, he might have felt like no one really recognizes me, no one really um, gives me the time of day, but then he, he might have felt like that God actually had seen him. So what do you think this story tells us? What might it tell us about Jesus? He loves everyone, no matter what... St- Did you read my talk before I brought it? He loves everyone, no matter what state they're in, or where they're from, or what they do. He loves everybody. Yeah, what it tells us 
is that even if we think we're not important enough, even if we think we're not significant enough, Jesus says we are. And if we call out to him, he will respond to us and ask us, what can I do for you? And the important question that we have is, what will we say to Jesus when he says, what can I do for you? So why don't we all close our eyes just for a minute and just think, what is the question? What is the thing, if Jesus said to us right now, what can I do for you? What is the one thing, what is the thing that we'd specifically say, Jesus, this is what I want you to do for me. So just close your eyes and think that through. Okay. Guys, it's time for you to go out with cows and have some fun. But remember, as you go, it doesn't matter what anybody says to you. It doesn't matter what anyone else says. Jesus says you are significant. You are important. If you call on his name at any time, he will hear you and respond. Okay? Everybody. You guys are going to go and have some fun. Kaz, are you, take, are you going outside? Brilliant. Well done, guys. Any other young people want to go and join the fun outside? You can. We're going to now talk to the grown-ups a little bit, carrying on the same story of blind Bartimaeus. An interesting story about the importance of calling out to God, responding to his invitation, and understanding what it is we are calling out to God for. Um, the, the importance of prayer is, is summed up by St. Augustine, who said, Without God, we cannot. Without us, God will not. Without God, we cannot. Without us, God will not. Prayer is partnering with God in the way that we live our lives. And in that story, Bartimaeus was ready because he'd heard that Jesus would be passing. He knew that Jesus was close. He didn't know where Jesus was because he was blind, but he was calling out. And there's a sense in which at the moment, and I don't know how you feel about this, but for me, I feel like we're living in a time uh, where God is close, where Jesus is passing by. I feel like we're living in a time where a great time of struggle and distress for a lot of people. But if you look back over history, the times where God shows up the most or the place between heaven and earth is thinnest in history is often at times where there are economic struggles or there are wars or there is um, unrest in certain nations and, nation, and across the nations. Um, some of you may have heard of um, what's been happening at Asbury, but I just wanted to just explain a little bit about that, just for those of you that haven't heard it, or you might, you might know this story already. But on February the 8th this year, there's a, a place in Kentucky, a seminary in Kentucky, in Asbury in Kentucky, which is a Christian college. And every uh, day, the students were obliged to go to a, a chapel service. And um, on February the 8th, the students went to the chapel service as normal. But what happened on that day was extraordinary because basically the talk by the admission of the guy that gave it wasn't particularly great. Talks don't have to be great for God to move. I'm pleased about that today. Um, it's not my responsibility, it's his. Um, but what happened was there was a, a handful of students who basically decided at the end of chapel service that day that they needed to get right with God. So they stayed, went down the front, knelt down and prayed. There was no big service. There was no great band. There was nothing going on. They just heard a pretty average talk. 
but they just felt the Holy Spirit challenge them to pray. And what that led to is it led to actually 16 days of unbroken prayer in that chapel, which over 100,000 people attended, flew in from all over the world. There's a story of one, one man who lived in South America who sold everything he had, sold his car, sold all his possessions, so he could afford a ticket to fly to Asbury just to go and sit in the presence of God. And the amazing thing about it is that there was no leader, there was no special person there, there was no uh, celebrity Christians, there was no, there was no planning. They had students largely leading worship in in an hour or two hour sessions, and then and then they didn't know what they were going to do. Every three or four hours, they would meet as a small a small team of students to say, well, "What do we do? What what's God saying?" Largely, it was very quiet in there. Most people just sat quietly in prayer. It led to a lot of confession. It led to a lot of repentance. It was people that went there. People that I've spoken to that went to it basically said it was just it was just very very calm and quiet it was it was peaceful but god moved in a significant and powerful way and it felt like that that was a thin place between heaven and earth and they even got to a point where they decided we need to stop this because it's 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 just we could just go on and on and on but this is not what this is not what it's about this thing but we will need this to spread and want this to go out and it's actually sparked several similar uh, events in other colleges and churches around the US and even in the UK. We're starting to see churches who are open to just praying to God and saying, God, come. And I've heard stories of churches where the services have gone on for two, three hours longer than they were planned. People were saved, people healed, people repenting, people just turning back to God, giving their lives back to God. We even had a, a wildfires recently, the wildfires festival that um, 24-7 helped to organise. Just a few weeks ago, in the youth venue, they had an evening service and were praying and were just, just calling out to God. And they were due to finish so that they could have a silent disco, a bit of fun, in the evening so for a couple of hours. And it got to a point where all the young people were saying, we don't want the silent disco, we want the worship to continue, we want to keep praying. And so they prayed and worshipped for two hours, longer than was planned, because, and they just cancelled the silent disco. And um, so there's stuff happening. There are, there, are, there are things going on. Jesus is passing by. It's a time in our history where Jesus is passing by. And the question is for us, and this is really simple, I'm not going to drag this out, but the question for us is, are we willing to call out? If we knew that Jesus was passing by, uh, at the start of this talk, we talked about people granting wishes. And, uh, and it's a nice thing, sort of thing to think about. We all know kind of what we would wish for. And if we knew that someone could actually fulfill our wish, how far do we go to find that person? Well, are we willing to call out to Jesus? Are we willing, even when the crowd around us, even when those around us say you're mad for praying for that? Some of you sitting right here now are praying for things that other people will be will be thinking or telling you you're mad to pray for that's what the crowd did to blind Bartimaeus but he ignored the crowd he did not listen to the voices around him he listened to the voice of Jesus he knew that Jesus was the only one that could help him so what did he do he cried out louder and for some of us it isn't just about crying out twice some of it is about crying out again and again and again some of us it's about perseverance you know the bible is full of stories i've said this before 
where things happen suddenly and we read it and we go, wow, that just happened. But then you read back through and you realize that actually there was a, cons- a constantly that happened. There was a constant prayer and prayer and prayer and prayer that led to the suddenly. Um, one of the professors we had at Wildfires, we had one of the professors from Asbury, a guy called J.D. Walt. And uh, he was talking to us and he said that he had been praying for 10 years solid not, not completely for 10 years, but as every day or every week for 10 years for, for a move of God to happen in Asbury. He'd been praying for 10 years. And then suddenly this thing happens on February the 8th and suddenly it's spreading around the world. You know, they had students turning up, leaving their phones at home. This will shock some of you. If any of you know Gen Z. They were leaving their phones at home and making sure they had enough food to sustain them for the whole day so that they could go there and not have to leave the chapel. They prioritized under 25s in the chapel so that if you were under 25, you got in quicker than anyone else because they wanted to make sure that what started with young people was continued by young people and was finished by young people. And the thing is, we hear these things. I had someone say to me recently, Oh, it's great to hear that the 25-year-olds are allowed in first, but what does that mean for us that are over 25? We're left out. That's what someone said to me. And then you realize that actually J.D. Walt, who's in his 60s, prayed for 10 years, been praying for 10 years. Then you hear that the Hebridean revival of 1949, which some of you will know about, with Duncan Campbell left Wales and got the call of God to go to, to Scotland, to the islands of Scotland, it was started, the, the, the root of the Hebridean revival was two ladies in their 80s, one of them was blind, who just decided, young people aren't going to church anymore, we need to do something about this, we're going to pray. And so they prayed every night. Sometimes they were praying until 3, 4 in the morning, just praying for God to do something. They didn't know how to do it, they weren't going to do it themselves. Two elderly ladies in their 80s started a revival which lasted for four years and saw hundreds of people come to Christ, hundreds of people healed and saved in that area and spread across multiple nations and saw thousands impacted. This week, I um, was talking to a, a, a chap who's from America who's planted a church in France. And I was chatting to him about it and he went to, he felt God calling him, him and his family to France. They went there in Grenoble and... Um, he stood at the, uh, in front of a, a group of Christians in that area and said, God's given me this vision to uh, plant a pr- house of prayer in this place. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know why I'm going to do it, but God has said this to me. I've, and and he, he, um, he talked in front of this group. He, knew, he had no idea what was going to happen. And an elderly lady came up to him and said, uh, she was 74, and she came up to him and said, we have been, me and a group of other ladies in our 70s have been praying for this to happen for years and years and years. And she said, it was only six months ago I felt that we needed to do something. And God said, no, wait, wait. And she said, as soon as you spoke tonight, I realized you were who we were waiting for. And they've now planted a house of prayer. They've been given a building and they've opened a coffee shop and they've got a house of prayer in that coffee shop as well. And he just said, these, these ladies now meet once a week in the, in, the, in the coffee shop to pray and to continue to pray. It's, these things don't happen suddenly. 
they happen because of the constantly. And I want to encourage us all this morning that the things that we're praying for, the things that we're, we've been praying for for year after year after year, to not give up. Blind Bartimaeus did not give up. And so I'm urging you, church, this morning, don't give up. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, God hears you. The talk for the children this morning is as much for us as it is for them. If we call out, God will hear us. But sometimes we have to persevere. Sometimes we have to uh, push in. You know, we've been now praying in the mornings, every morning as River Church Marlow from 7.30 to 8, every weekday for over a year. And, and we've seen some answers to prayer, but we haven't seen all the prayers answered. And they might not happen tomorrow, they might not happen next week, but we will keep praying, we will keep doing it, and we will, we will see breakthrough. So, right, that would be enough from me. But what I'd like us to do is like us to, to respond, and I thought it would be good just to respond by praying. So, uh, Tim, if you can um, flick onto the next slide. So we've got these seven prayers, and I thought what would be good is just to take, like, 30 seconds for each prayer. So if you want to read that, it says, Oh Lord, who gives us so abundantly, thank you for the opportunity to open our eyes to another day. Thank you for this church where we can be set apart from the rest of the world so that we can be filled with your love and direction and strengthened to go back into the world. Thank you for so many things in my life, Lord. Specifically, I thank you for. Right, so just close our eyes and let's just say a thank you prayer to Jesus specifically for one thing. So we start with thanks and then we move on to the next prayer, which is a prayer of gratitude similar to thanks. Oh, loving God, I'm here today because I love you. I need you and I want to follow you. Lord, you are so important to me because. So let's just take a few moments and just say thank you to God. You're important to me because. And then the next prayer is a prayer of repentance. O merciful God, you know me inside and out. You know every action, every thought, and I come now to confess my frailties and failures. Forgive me, Lord, for what do we need to say sorry to God God for today? The prayer of repentance is really important. I'm just going to stick on that just for one minute. The heart of most revivals have begun with confession where most people have seen God move powerfully and change things, it starts with confession. Psalm 24 says, Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? We sung about it in the, in the, song, the first song earlier. Those with a clean hands and pure heart. It's really important that we ask forgiveness. It's really important that we recognize when we get stuff wrong. It's really important to confess. The next prayer is a prayer for others. This is often the easiest prayer to pray, right? It's often easy to pray for other people and think of people that have needs. But, oh, loving God, parent of all people, all nations, there are those who need your help and blessing this day. Lord, I specifically pray for. Let's name someone and pray specifically for them. That's prayer. A prayer of request. Again, something we're often used to doing. God, can you help me? Can you help me? (laughs) Here's my shopping list of what I need doing. Oh, loving God, I bring to you the desires of my heart, praying that those desires would be your desires for my life. And Lord, we know that you want us to bring before you our own needs 
And so, Lord, in my life right now, I ask. This is like the prayer of Bartimaeus. What is it that we are going to ask God for? What do we need God to do when Jesus says, what can I do for you? What do we say? And then the final prayer, a prayer of purpose. Lord, I pray not just that you will do something to me or for me, but that you will use me, that my life might have meaning and purpose. And so I come in silence to listen for your word to me. Let's just stay silent for 30 seconds and see what God might say to you about something he's calling into. It might be reaffirming something you're already doing. It might be something new. It might be something he says to you for the first time. And I thought it would be good to finish with the Lord's Prayer. Why don't we stand say this together, if we can. And while we're saying it, let's just reflect on, are we, are we going to let the crowd silence us? Are we going to call out to Jesus? Are we going to ignore those around us and the voices? Sometimes it might even be ourselves saying, you're mad. Why are you praying this? This is not going to happen. Are we going to ignore those, those voices and choose to shout louder to Jesus? And when Jesus looks us in the eye, smiles, and says, what can I do for you? Do we know what we're going to say? And when he grants us the answers to our prayers, or maybe he doesn't, are we going to pursue him and continue to follow him? continue to chase him down and keep asking let's pray the lord's prayer together our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.